0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Zing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So, also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms.
0: Good evening, gentlemen, and good morning to those of you who listen to this on Tuesday morning. Now, I know you guys are waiting with bated breath and been waiting all week for whatever thing I'm wishing you guys a happy national love today. I'm not going to lie to you. Mondays kind of suck. August 15th, kind of suck. So I just skipped ahead to Tuesday to give you guys a little uh, thing. August 15th, we got National Leathercraft Day. Boring. National Lemon Meringue Pie Day. Everyone knows the best type of pie is an ice cream cake. And National Relaxation Day. I ain't got time to bleed and I ain't got time to relax. So those are bullshit. However, on the 16th, We've got National Rum Day, National Roller Coaster Day, and I think my favorite, National Tell-A-Joke Day. And in honor of National Tell-A-Joke Day, guys, you guys want to hear a joke? Yeah, what you got? Is this a yeah. setup? Do, is there interaction here? Am I have to knock-knock? or? No, no, no knock-knock. Uh, but just a question for you guys. Why did Michael Jackson like 25-year-olds?
2: I don't know, Mike. Why? Why did he do that? What because inappropriate! Because there were twenty reason. of them. Oh, I see. That was good. <laughs> inappropriate, like I thought, but
1: also uh, not yes. exactly what I expected. Thank you, Mike. Go yep. ahead and pass August fifteenth, because it wasn't a noteworthy day for August sixteenth. So, I want to wish the late Nipsey Hussle a uh, happy birthday. It would have been his thirty seventh birthday on August fifteenth oh you you just gotta ruin it for me <laughs> i was looking for which one of these would make mike look like the biggest prick and i went with beloved community figure and rapper nipsey hustle as uh i was like there it is there it is <laughs> um happy birthday yeah well shit man let's talk about it now because we're not going to be able to do it next week it's our man lavender Gooms's birthday this week it's on the uh, it's on Wednesday if I'm not mistaken, go.
0: right Mike? Indeed it is. Nipsey Hustles got me beat by
1: 2 days. Yeah, you're old as uh, shit, I man. How you 37 my, myself? Oh, 37.
0: Um, yeah, 37, bro. That was
1: that was a joke for the Kevin Smith heads out there. 37. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get it at all. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> in, in, in
0: regards to how how I'm feeling, I woke up today with a massive pain in my back. So <clears throat> 37 is looking real good.
1: Just to be clear, you were mocking me for an anti-fatigue math that would be help your knees in the kitchen. You know, hell, it uh, might help your
0: bum ass back. Excuse me. Excuse me. Exactly what you said. My knees. And also, I didn't want to get into this. On air, Bobby, but we'll get into this. All right. How many dishes are you washing that you need special apparatuses to keep yourself from be- getting tired? Mike. Bing, bang, boom. You should be out of there within fifteen to twenty minutes. Mike, it's if in you the kitchen, standing for twenty minutes. You know what? Do some squats. Well,
1: look, man. Not all of us are in the kitchen, and they we just throw the fucking hot pocket in the microwave for ninety seconds, and that's the cooking. Some of us are cooking in the kitchen and we like to stand on this mat while, you know, we chop in vegetables. We chop in vegetables, all right? So it's for food prep. And by the way, the 37 reference, Marcus, that was, you know, in a row, that one. for oh, the clerks. okay. There you oh, go. Oh, right. Okay. You gotcha. Again, for those clerks' heads out there. Um, all right, guys, um, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to preview UFC 278, a card where the UFCs like, we got a Nigerian and a Jamaican. Where should they fight? Alright, the first 50 choices, not good. Utah. We're sending them to Utah. Um, we'll talk about that, but before that, we're gonna preview we're gonna talk about the results from this weekend's UFC fight night. Dominic Cruz gets all his shit broke. Fight card. I don't think that's what it's called, but that's probably what its name is gonna be after uh after that card. Um bit well, of news. We got some retirements. Um got some uh, interesting people fighting this weekend and outside the UFC, but uh, let's get into it. UFC Fight Night Cruz versus uh, Vera. Coming to you or Vera versus Cruz. I think the higher rank guy goes first. Um, coming to you from the San Diego Sports Arena. I'm not calling it the Pachanga Arena, okay? Mm, fuck them. San Diego Sports Arena. Um, Chito Vera Dominic Cruz, we had Dominic, who's from San Diego. We had Chito, who is Latino. Crowd was just happy for everybody in this one, Marcus. Um, What'd you think? Uh, Dominic was looking good early on, man. He honestly kind of looked like old Dominic. And then third round didn't look so great. And then fourth round was a tragedy. But what'd you think overall the fight? (laughs) You know, the fight played out kind of like I
2: thought it would, especially on Dominic's side. A lot of foot movement. A lot of aggression, a lot of output, um, not a lot of strikes connecting, especially not a lot hurting Vera, which I I think in his last couple fights has really been my big takeaways with Vera is that, you know, he's extremely durable. He has really good defense. I think Rob Font hit him more often cleaner than Dominic did, and the guy was not phased at all. So when we were kind of breaking the fight down last week, I did think... Dominic's path to victory would be a decision, would be winning these rounds, and I think Vera, you know, even though I think the general consensus was he lost the first couple rounds, he he would land often enough and with so much damage that it made them somewhat compelling or even close to judge. I think the first round was kind of close just because Vera did drop him. I think ultimately Cruz outpointed him, but again, it's kind of an interesting thing to to think about the scoring being damaged. You know, I think. Is one dropping Dominic probably overall did more damage than Cruz did for the entirety of the round with all the strikes they landed, but he his Well, output I think, was so I think much that
1: higher. might have been uh because the all three Georgia scorecards. And I mine too, quite frankly. I had the first two for Dominic. First two. Third mm-hmm. one I gave to Vera because mm-hmm. he started um, coming back. I th- I mean the most impactful individual strike um was definitely Vera's. I think maybe the other three, and the way I did it too, was like, well, the accumulation of all these strikes, I'm going to think I had more value. Then again, it's kind of a nebulous I concept. Mean, that, there's no and right and answer. I don't, I don't think, I'm was, not sure there's a right answer necessarily. One yeah, way to and other, and I but. don't
2: disagree with you. Like, I think when I was scoring a two, I thought Cruz was winning, but it was kind of like when you think about like damage, like he dropped Cruz. I think he caused more damage, but the vast majority of the fight, he was kind of just standing there being very defensive, you know, trying to negate a lot of the strikes that Dominic, you know, Dominic has. He uses his footwork. He uses a lot of head movement to kind of throw you off. He throws punches from weird angles. It's kind of hard to get a beat on him. And it's it's become very interesting to see how Vera approaches these fights because this fight, I felt, was a lot like the Rob Font fight where it seemed on paper that he was losing. He didn't seem rattled by it. He didn't seem like he had a lot of urgency in the later rounds. Like, oh, I have to get something going because I'm falling behind. He's was patient, calm, collective. He kind of knew, like, The strike would find itself. I'm going to be able to line this up. And that's basically what he did. You know, throughout round one, he dropped him. I think round two was – I don't think he did as much output. I think round two, he dropped him with a a double jab to a right straight – and then round four is where he finished the fight where i thought he, he dropped him in the of, third
1: no he did he dropped him in the second no, no, that's what i said i said, I said the, the first and the third oh the first third and the third my he bad. did the double okay. jab yeah i, I think the second round he didn't really do much and that was no second round a was a round where i'm like is Dominic gonna win because Dominic really yeah. hit his stride that's what i thought in the second yeah. round and, and, and
2: last week i was i was kind of i kind of was very interested in picking Dominic because the line was against him uh but I, i've been making this mistake of putting these guys on the pedestal of what they have been and what they have become uh and i'm glad i picked vera because yeah that definitely because he he was able to kind of look at the fight get the reads on dominic which i think is very hard to do because he is kind of sporadic he does move around but i think vera basically started learning like whatever angle i'm throwing the strike he's going to try to circle out that way so his ultimate the finishing combination was he kind of fainted with a right straight right jab from southpaw and as Dominic tried to exit out the left, he threw a big high kick.
1: Yeah, they timed that Dominic uh,
2: square in the face. They yeah, timed, he timed that duck. It great.
1: That duck that Dominic yeah, and, does always. And I think <sighs> in the second round, or
2: I think it was actually in the first round, he did a similar setup where it was like a left kind of jab uh from Orthodox to a right kick. It, and the kick wasn't as as crisp. I, I think he is naturally maybe left-handed as well, because the left the left high kick. Was a lot smoother. It really landed Yo. flush and dropped Dominic. Oh, let's
1: say it. My, I mean, Mike, on the list of things I don't want happening to me in my in that fight, I don't want the other dude's toe in my mouth, but I especially don't want him to just demolish my nose in that same kick. Um, can't really think of a better situation than that. But I guess I want to. Uh, really ask you this uh, before we get in. Actually, let's just go right to Cheeto. Um, I love watching this man fight. It's always good. And I want everybody to know that what happened when he fought Sean O'Malley was that he fucking won. He knocked him out. They showed highlights of it. You see that? hit him with a fucking elbow, unconscious, woke back up. So this dude, Mike, is now... I don't know the last time Marlon lost a fight, to be honest. He's won four straight, five of six overall. His only loss in there is a loss to Jose Aldo, um, which fucking... Doesn't get old. Um, since two thousand and eight, uh, since August two thousand eighteen, he is ten and two. The losses being to Aldo and that one to Song Yadong, which was very close. Um, Sandhagen's ahead of him. Aldo's ahead of him. TJ's getting a title shot. Jan's fighting O'Malley. What does this man got to do? One more? What do you think?
0: I don't think he deserve. I don't think he needs to do one more. Um, I think he should probably just get the winner of, uh, of, um, uh, Jesus. Why am I blanking on their names? Um, Um, he, he, he should get the next title shot. Um, for people that for some reason still say the only reason he won the O'Malley fight was because O'Malley got injured. Yeah. The reason O'Malley got injured was because of Marlon's leg kicks. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, well, he's the one that caused the injury. Um,
1: I, think I mean, right now, Mike. Enough- who do you pick if they fought right now? They're I mean, fighting at 100 energy. Cheeto uh, Vera, Sean O'Malley. I'm curious about this, actually. Who would you pick?
0: I don't think Sean O'Malley has shown that he can be upper echelon guys yet. Um, he struggled against, um, you know, the higher up, like not even high competition, just higher up competition that he had in in his last fight. Cheeto has. Prove themselves more against tougher competition than, than O'Malley. Uh, case in point, he just knocked out a, a former world champion, albeit um an an older one in uh, in Dominic Cruz. But no, I, I would take Cheeto. And in addition to that, you just rattled off his resume. His resume is one that warrants um a legitimate title shot. And I like his personality. I think he could be I think he could be a good champ if if he got a, a chance to be in there.
1: Marcus, we got uh and yeah, I got I would take Marlon also. I mean in addition to the fact that he knocked he beat him once already. And I don't found that as un- as a cheated thing. Marcus, we also got, and we're gonna talk about this fight later on when we make picks. We got Mirab uh I can't say his last name where Valishvili taking on Jose Aldo. That's three versus six. Is Jose Aldo one win away from a title shot? Because he lost to Jan, and I don't know who else. Maybe I'm forgetting losses, but has Jose Jose lost to other people? Like, I'm trying to pull it up while you're thinking, but, like, I don't think that's happening. I think he's very close again. (laughs) I think both
2: these guys are right up there for sure, Uh, and I think, you know, I don't know if this is necessarily a title eliminator, like, whoever... When's this fight's going to get the next crack? But it, it would not surprise me in the least bit. I mean, I think when you kind of break down the other guys in the top five, we have Jan and Sean O'Malley, which I think we all kind of think, you know, unless Sean can really pull off something super impressive. And, I mean, I think if he beats Peter, Give him the he shot. could shoot. <laughs> he could just because he is so charismatic. He has such an interesting following. And that would be such a scalp, you know, that would be his hugest win by far. Outside of that, I think this fight coming up with Aldo, you know, is probably the highest competition in those top five. And then um, you do have Vera up there. And I do think, you know, Sandhagen's kind of there, but I think he's coming off two losses. Where so I is don't know he? where
0: he is. Yeah, where is he in, in general? What is
2: Sandhagen up to? Does anybody- well, I think he, he had two fights back to back and he lost both of them. So Who did I think he lose he to besides TJ?
1: To
2: he lost to TJ and then didn't he bounce back and try to fight someone again right after and, and lose? Oh, let I let can't see. quite remember. Oh shit! You're two, right. Yan beat him.
1: Real. You're right. Yan beat him for that interim title. Right, yeah. Okay. Right. I yeah. think. I think what's so, going to happen, really, buddy, is I think you are laying it out there. We got three people that are going to come out of this as winners, right? Either the winner we're going to have the you're going to have Marlin, you're going to have the winner of mm-hmm. Jose and Mirab, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have the um, I remember Yano Yeah. One yeah. of them is getting a and title think, shot. The other two are fighting each other.
2: Well, yeah, and I don't, and I. I'm a little hesitant to, to give Jan another shot. Oh, he's not getting he a did. shot
1: against Alderman Sterling. <laughs>
0: right.
2: I mean, so I mean, maybe if TJ wins and the Jan, TJ fights a little bit more appealing at that point. But I think if Aldo comes out this weekend and wins, I think that's really captivating. Um, And I think Vera's right there. You know, he's really shown a lot. And I think this win over Dominic is a huge feather in his cap, you know. And I think, you know, we kind of talked about last week. This isn't quite the same Dominic that had his runs previously, but it's a huge name, and it was an emphatic win. You know, it was a devastating knockout to a guy that does not usually get finished in that manner. Well, so, I think
1: also, yeah. buddy, it was great that Dominic didn't look like he was, like, an old man out there. Like, Dominic pretty no. much looked like he didn't look as, I mean, he look, I still think maybe Dom, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because Cheeto hit so hard, but I thought Dominic 100%, he's going to have a hard time touching him. And um, he didn't, but Dominic, like, um, let's talk about it. I don't think Dominic needs to retire if he doesn't want to. Like, I think Dominic, I don't think he's necessarily going to be champion, but I he won rounds against a top five guy. If Dominic still wants to fight and they can put fights together, didn't, um. well, we're not going to get that fight Frankie had to go on it because that nose is broken. But Frankie wanted uh, Dominic in his retirement uh, fight. But I don't think he necessarily – I mean, he doesn't have to fight. I'm assuming they pay him decently to be broadcasting, of course. But Mike, I mean, he looked pretty good if he wants to do it. I didn't really say – there was nothing – it wasn't like I was watching that, like I watched the Rory McDonald fight. Spoilers for later in this podcast for me to think, okay, this guy's got to call it a day. Like this is uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and I think he might actually be one of those older UFC guys who's – Skills are declining, but is still, you know, pretty good, pretty decent. That won't just get fed to the wolves like a lot of the o- other former champs that are on their way out in the UFC. Mainly because he has a good relationship with
1: the UFC in general. He is a commentator for them. Um they put him in a paper, they put a card in his hometown and wanted him to sell tickets. I mean, they have faith in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and while 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 Cheeto did you know, knock his nose into, you know, the realm of plastic surgery, um, it, it wasn't a fight that it would have been impossible for, for Dominic to win. So, I mean, if, if, if Araya doesn't mind waiting <laughs> for, for a while so that, you know, Dominic can breathe through his nose again, um, maybe he, maybe he can't get that fight um, as, as a retirement fight for Araya.
1: Is I mean it? not all right uh, Frankie Frankie sorry. Uh, Frankie wants to be done at Madison Square Garden, the one that you and probably me are going to. That's where Frankie wants to call it, a career. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't Marcus, did you th- I thought he sh- I, if he wants to fight, he can fight. I thought he looked fine It's whether he wants to do it or not. It's yeah, whether he accepts you know, not being the, you, the man. I think
2: definitely still has some value and I do think if, you know, TJ and Sterling fight and TJ loses, I think that's a fight that TJ would be really interested in. That There's history sounds there. They wanted to run it back for a while. Um, but it really is up to Dom. I, I think at this point we can kind of look and say, like, he's probably not going to be in title contention. That being said, if TJ loses and he calls out Dominic or there's, you know, there's rumblings of that, I think Dominic will think, well, if I can beat TJ, who just fought for the belt, I I'm, can, close. I'm 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 throwing myself back in there. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. And, I mean, that's, that's really my only thing is if, Dominic doesn't think he can kind of hang with these guys, which I don't think that's his mindset at all. I think he's probably going to write this off as like Vera is extremely durable and, you know, he got a good read on me and I got caught, you know, at this high do level. Think,
1: sorry, but do you think he can't hang with them? Because I mean, I mean, I'm not sure what, I mean, he got cracked, but it's I couldn't get a gauge, honestly. Like I'd say I don't think he's going to be, he's gonna beat them, but I'm not sure like.
2: I think with these top guys, like with obviously he lost to Vera, I think Jan's a tough fight. Sterling, I think Sterling and, and potentially TJ could be interesting stylistic matchups for them, just because I don't know if they're going to be able to kind of catch him like Vera did. I don't know. I mean, I think potentially he could, but his avenue to winning is just this, and it, it has been this for a while. Like he's going to win decisions. We haven't really seen That's him how he
1: fights, <laughs> hurt
2: guys to an extent where it's like, okay he has other ways to win. Like he can, he can ground you and get you on a sub or, you know, he can hurt you standing. It's really going to be, he's somewhat elusive and he can get rounds on you and he's going to win a decision if he's going to win at all. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, potentially I, I, like you said, I didn't necessarily see a lack of skill in this. I just saw kind of him performing to how he's always performing. And personally, I, and I've been vocal about this. I'm not like a huge fan of it. I think his corners basically saying like, Oh, keep it going, keep moving, you're going to win by points. You know, I don't, I I personally don't like fighters that are just like, let's outpoint the guy and get, and get the decision, that's that's how we want to win a fight. I like guys that are like, I want to hurt the guy and get him out of here, I want to finish, I want to put on a show potentially. At this high level, it is all
1: about W's, and I think Dominic knows Especially, he he's like, such he an analytical words. guy, too. He's so analytical with just like, yeah. I need to do this and do that. And and-
2: I think that's the other part of this, too, is he obviously seems to like, uh, you know, commentating a lot, you know, so if he wants to go that avenue and not have to deal with, you know, these kind of ramifications, you know, l- let's see, you know, like Mike said, he might have to go under the knife and get surgery. And let's see if, if he still has that fight in him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, he, he did, but also.
1: A, he put out a statement. He seems like he's in good spirits. He said, you know, just, I'll be at, I'll be at the commentary desk on September 10th, which I think is, I think Nate. I think yeah, Nate and, uh, and Shemaev, I think. Um, I'm just imagining. I know I know Broken noses heal like, cosmetically fairly quickly sure but i'm yeah. just a ima- i'm just imagining dominic with like a pro wrestling style face mask <laughs> doing commentary like when they're like the guys to wear it or like a, a basketball player will wear it mike where like he's like oh he's got a broken like whatever we gotta cover his no i'm imagining <laughs> dominic doing that while doing commentary I don't, think,
2: I don't think the producers are gonna want that i mean look at dominic's a good looking guy i think you know he, he's very good at commentating but i don't think it hurts that you know, he's got a decent face to look at. I don't think it's hurting him in the commentary booth. I think the producers are like, you know what, Tom? Let's not put on the NBA yeah. nose people guard. Like that yes, Eddie, yeah.
1: People like that Eddie Munster look he got going on. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, One thirty-five. I think 135 right now, better than 155. But they're both great. Let me mm, be clear about I that. I don't know if I... Do, if I those are the best two-way classes in this sport, though, I think. I mean, it's – the range, everything below 170 is incredible. But, like, I think, though, right now, 135 and 155 are really shining. I think sure. those – I mean, those are a step above. You know, 45 is good, 70 is good, but those two. Um. All right, uh, we're going to go through the rest of these a little bit faster because they were of less mm-hmm. confidence. But, Mark, I texted you to watch Nate Landwehr versus David Onama after David mm-hmm. Onama blew my goddamn bet. Minus 350 favorite. Um. I said it was a fight of the year contender, which I do think it was. But it was a real, like, it really felt old school, like, fuck technique. Let's just start throwing hands for fucking 15 minutes. I mean, that was a wild ass fight, man.
2: Wild ass fight. It was a really good fight. I think for me personally, Anytime you say that, it's like okay, my bar is high. Especially because we just had that. um, Who are those two little guys that just fought? That was easily still my fight of the year. Yeah. Um. Got a triangle. So like, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm seeing, I'm gonna see something of this caliber. And you know, to their credit, this was a great fight. David cracked him early. So I mean, this is kind of what ultimately kind of gets me a little bit on like, this was a fun fight, but one. Uh. Obviously, I think the the more technical skilled fighter was David on was it on ama
1: yeah don't focus on my fight of the year comment mostly yeah but. it
2: was it was absolutely a fight worthy of watching but it, it, it was clear very early on like oh this guy in the stand-up is much cleaner his jab was on point it was lighting nate up and he ultimately cracked him hard nate fell hard to the ground and, and david really went after that finish and you can tell when he blew himself out he followed him to the ground he did some ground and pound Nate you know Nate's an extremely durable guy he has great condition great heart he got back up he had his back and you David wanted him down he did not take him down with technique he just muscled him down Mm. he basically just like lifted him and you can tell that just spent so much energy because he's like I got this guy gotta get him back down I can ground him out and that kind of blew his wad and then round two he had I mean basically for the rest of the fight David had nothing left and Nate Ate it up, and that's kind of. I feel when I'm super critical of this fight. After the first round, David was completely out of gas. Second round was all Nate, just lighting him up. And I think what kind of you know rubbed me the wrong way was these like he's kind of playing with his food. That's kind of what I said to you, but I was like, he obviously had this dude's number.
1: The guy had no nothing I, left. I, I don't tank. think he it had any tech. I don't think he had any ability though. Oh, here's the thing. I I only said, I waited until David uh, David rallied. Because in the middle mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, he's just gonna cool. But he rallied in the third, and I'm like, He did this, this that really did it for me, especially after the end of the second round where James Krauss, and I think Krauss handled it as well as you kind of could. Where he's sure. just like yeah. trying to get a read of his fighter who won't say anything, won't agree one way or the other. Of like, do you want to fight? And like he wasn't answering him properly. And he's like, We need you to fit. He said, we need you to get a like to finish, right? Or something they told him or something. I forgot what mm-hmm. he said. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of agreed to it, but it's like uh, part of me was just like I don't know James navigated that situation. And that's a good I mean he's building a good team over there cuz I know the kid lost but you, like he knocked that man out in the first round and he woke up on the way in the ground.
2: This is going to be a great learning experience because I mean obviously the takeaway here is one he was way more skilled than Nate. Mm. And I don't take anything away from Nate. He is he has conditioned for days. He's totally mentally strong. He has a lot of good things. The technique wasn't there. You know, on- on- Onama, I'm going to butcher his name out to think about it every time I say it. But on a skill level was just completely outclassed him. But after that first round, Nate knew like my car, I'm, I'm not even bent from cardio. Like uh, mentally I am super strong. I'm going to win this fight. So I think for me, it was kind of like Nate in the second round doing a lot of the, like the gesturing and getting the, the crowd pumped up. It was like, look at that's all great and good. You got this guy hurt. Put that energy to putting him away. Like it, don't play with your food. And I think the third round is exactly the takeaway of that. Don't play with your fucking food. Don't take anyone lightly because they might still have something left in the take. And, and that's what David showed. And I think ultimately, Bobby, like you said, that's kind of what put it over the edge of it being a good fight, a potentially a fight of the year candidate. Because you I mean, David couldn't stand on his feet without wobbling around, but he still cracked him a couple times. And towards the end of the round, got him hurt really bad. And personally, I kind of wanted um David to win the fight. I did, too. just So Nate not just kind of money learned, on it. like. <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. you got the energy on him. You, I mean, there's a couple times he had him on the ground in side mount, and he's like, "Nah, let's stand up, everyone. Let's get hype, get hype." And then you know he's flexing during the judges, and it's like, "Look,
1: if you have," well, this Did you energy... catch the one where where he tried to do something and David like almost got him, and then David pointed if, like, "I motherfucker I almost got you. I was you know." If I,
0: yeah. Yeah. If I may, if I may ask, please, because um, Bobby at first, and I think he pulled away from it. um At first, he was saying this could be a fight of the year candidate. I still think Can it might be. I just. I, but I'm can it individual. be a fight of the year candidate if the reason why there was a back and forth is that one of the guys is kind of being an idiot?
1: Well, no, it was a back and forth. The, the, the reason of it was for me, and the being an idiot thing, honestly, it was working too for the crowd. Like they ate yeah. it up. I'm not sure if Marcus, you caught his post-fight interview? I don't think you did. You normally don't tune in for that stuff. Uh, I did listen to it. It was all gibberish. Yeah, but I like, like I it. mean, <laughs> I had, someone had to translate some of it for me, and he was speaking English because he was warbling. But I like when he said, "Mama didn't raise no bitch," that made me laugh. And then he called out. He said he was going to turn Hurricane Shane. He's talking about Shane Burgos into a <laughs> tropical storm or something. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah, I did not whatever. And what he was I, heard Vegas um, th- th- I mean, this kid. Honestly, this guy can. He's thirty four years old. He can have a job in the UFC until this st- style of his falls off. Like he's going to be popular doing this thing. Um, I thought it was just the back. Of, the fact that David knocked him out. Like he knocked him out. Mark. <laughs> he was down and woke up when he hit that. When he went to the mat. Mm-hmm. And then, like he gave him everything because he had like fifty significant strikes in that first round, David. He's mm-hmm. putting it on, I and mean, this dude wouldn't go away. The fact that yeah. the, that the totally guy sharp. came back, Mike, and then in the third round, where I'm like, I'm, I'm part, I'm kind of questioning James Krause. I'm like, I didn't know because I thought he handled as best he could. But then, like, mm-hmm. David starts rallying, and like there was two people who scored it as a draw, <laughs> which I, I mean, it might have been. Honestly, yeah, it, it might have been a round draw. Round one and two
2: were so, I mean, like you said, David dropped him hard. It was yeah. a hard knockdown. And then round two, it was all, Nate was all, I mean, I think there was one sequence where it was like eight punches in a row just cracking David. And like you said, Bob, like, it was just amazing. What really put this over the edge was the third round. To see David, like I said, couldn't even stand on his own two feet. He was wobbling the whole time and still had the perseverance to to find a home for the right hand to hurt him and to end the round really close. Well, it you know it what was it is, a great
1: Mike? fight. You get this thing also, Mike, with the sport where, like, people talk about baseball, like the human element, where right. this referee, this sorry, this referee, this umpire likes the, you know, outside, like, we'll call an outside strike. This guy likes to call a higher strike, yada, yada, yada. You get it in this sport where, like, I'm not picking this fight specifically because I, you know, was pissed I lost money. But when, like, Tan Dan ended the day the Derek Lewis fight, right? And even, that wasn't, like, that was, like, I didn't think, no one thought that was, like, an offensively bad stoppage. But, like, it was a quicker stoppage, right? You get that. And then you have on the other end of the spectrum this fucking fight. Like, where I, Marcus, was it Beltran? Maybe? I'm trying to remember the, ju- I know I saw Beltran out there.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was the other kind of bald, big mustache guy. Because the only reason I even vaguely remember, I think in the at the end of the first and third round, they kept swinging after the bell, and he would break them up and kind of took some collateral damage here and there. But I, to your point, Bob, I, I I see where you're going. Like there have been a couple of fights where I think you and me watching it would have been like we could call this like this yeah. is okay, and they and the referees didn't, and we got a more exciting fight out of it. So it's kind of like. Man, they, they, you know, sometimes we can be very harsh on the referees about calling stuff too early or too late. It was Mike Beltran. And,
1: okay, it was Beltran. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, this shout was out a to Share by the way. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they actually record that stuff. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, I was uh, I see like I remember I, you didn't see the fight, but it was the uh, Azamat uh, Merskinoff Mursk, versus Devin Clark fight. Where's the third round? And like he's beating this dude up, and I'm like, it, the referee's Frank Trigg. Who hasn't done anything bad or anything as a referee before, but I was just like, yo, Frank, it is done. Not every fight's going to turn into Matt Hughes getting back up and throwing your ass across the cage, you know, and choking your ass out. Like, this dude's done fighting. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's, just, it's one of the idiosyncrasies of this sport, you know, like baseball, where like, it's the way it is. Um, all right. Um, legitimately don't remember what happened in the Jaraquai versus Lucindo fight. Azamat looked real good. In that Devin Clark fight. Look real good. Mike, Priscilla Cashuera went out there. Got a knockout in one minute. Over the goddamn violence queen, Arianne Lipsky. I think we've all been very critical of Miss Cashuera being, um, I'd argue, maybe not skillful enough for where she is in the UFC, but... I mean, you beat a fighter like Ariane Lipsky, not, that's you know, she can ride that out for another three UFC fights at least. <laughs> yeah, that's a little disappointing because that fight ended my parlay. I mean, I didn't include that one, but let me tell you well, it was because I forgot I would have. I, I did one of those parlays where you picked the entire main card the entire fight card and the second fight blew it for me. And, um, a lot it of was,
2: underdogs won this well one. it
1: was also Mike uh, Mark, it was the Tyson Nam versus Ode Osborne fight. Which those Mm -hmm. who did catch it, Mike, you got to check this clip out. I'll send it to you. Um, Where I guess DC knows Oday uh, or something because he keeps saying Oday's winning, Oday winning, and like Bisbing's just like, are are you sure? It's a little early for making that. And then Tyson Nam fucking cracks him, and then Michael Bisbing, the little shit that he is, is just like, are you sure, DC? Are you still sure Oday's winning?
2: Well, I think my- Bisbee kept trying to like help him walk back, like, well, there's it's yeah. halfway through the first round. Let's not call it too early. He's like, nah, he's winning. Don't worry I, about I, it. I, I, think,
1: I think Michael Bisping is really good on commentary. Honestly. I like him. I know like uh, people got criticism. I mean, the DC Rogan combo gets a lot of criticism for just saying words that sure. mean nothing. They're there for the memes. Michael Michael Bisping is there for you on the fight night cards, man. Sure. To make them entertaining. Um shot a uh, big win over Silva there. Uh, Angela Hill getting a big win, man. Unanimous decision yeah. for her, too, over Lupino Guninez. Lupino's a good fighter. And by big win, we just mean a win. She needed that fucking win yeah. bad. She needed that win real bad. Um, Boudet versus uh, Bresky broke one of my parlays, Mike. bummed me out a little bit. By the way, I had like maybe like 12, 10 to 12 bets between the PFL, Bellator, and UFC cards, but I'm cheap. So the net, my net positive was like half a unit after all that effort, Mike. Basically, <laughs> um, would have been more if Anama didn't let me down. <clears throat> Nina Nunes, Cynthia Calvillo. Another surprise. Nina retired um, after winning a split over Cynthia Calvillo. Um, I'm getting, and this is not a good, this is not a good criticism, a good, uh, a good comparison I'm giving here in a second, boys. Here. Real Lando Venata vibes here, man. We got real excited about uh, you know her first couple fights in the UFC
2: for Cynthia, Cynthia? Yeah.
1: yeah. And she's had more wins than Lando did, but things are taking a turn, man. And I do not think—I don't know. She was a Team Alpha male up until 2019. I mean, she won in four since then. Um. Mm-hmm. She gotta figure out what's going on in her career, man. Right? Like this is not a good situation. She's thirty-five years old. Maybe we all over overvalued her, you know, at the beginning, Mike. We all thought Cynthia Calvillo like she came in there, she choked out someone on no note, on no notice. Fucking said I'm not she dom- surprised. She
0: dominated Pearl Pearl Gonzalez. Yeah. She, she said came I'm, in, I came in. She beat JoJo. She, was, she came in some biggie music. Yeah. She's, Whenever you come into some biggie music, you're
1: all right in my. I book. Mean, she beat, uh, she beat JoJo. She was three and zero, man, and like yeah. she lost that fight to Carla. That was close, but she was, you know, she looked charismatic. There was a gold clip of Dana White saying she has the it factor that reminds her of Rhonda. Did we all just get wrong? Is that what happened here? Cause not going great. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I mean, like there was, I remember there was a lot of hype around her. I remember there was a the rumor that the reason why Paige left, uh. Team alpha male way back when was because uh, Cynthia was coming back from injury and Cynthia looked like she was going to be a monster and she didn't want to train in the same gym as her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes people just don't progress the way you want them to in, uh, in the fight game, and I think that's just the case with Cynthia.
1: My, Mark, is she getting another chance? That was four in a row. Uh, potentially.
2: You know, I didn't actually watch this fight, but, I mean, when you do look at the record, it has just been her recent. I mean, she's 9-5-1. and one. We've seen, you know, fighters with worse records. You know, you just we just talked about Angela Hill, who would have if she would have lost I mean, this sure, fight, Sam would have been thirteen and thirteen. Week. Sam Alvey <laughs> lost like you know was a nine of last ten. So <laughs> I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if she stayed around at all. But she needs to correct ship. She needs to get a W because I mean, look at the, the girls she's been fighting aren't slouches either. But I, I thought this was a very winnable fight for her. Nothing to take away from Amanda Nunes. but like if we would have bet this fight, I probably would have picked Cynthia because, like you said, we, she was highly valued at one point, and it just doesn't seem like she's getting it going like she used to. So maybe she needs to change camps. There could be something going on in her personal life that we're unaware of that is, you know, causing her not to be focused. But there needs to be some kind of course correction for her to, you know, kind of change the, the trajectory of the ship because it's not looking great at this moment.
1: Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Nina Nunes retires, um, which, good for her. Um, she ended her career with a record of 11 wins, 7 losses. Ended up in the UFC for half her career. Good fighter. No, I mean, she got close a couple times. She's knocking near a title shot, I remember, 125, um, before she got a, uh, or sorry, one maybe was it one? I don't know if it was one hundred and fifteen or one hundred and twenty-five. Well, when uh, I think got... this
2: was her first fight moving down, and that's or she went back to flyweight. Flyweight, yeah. okay, okay. That's so what flyweight. DC was saying it's like you went back down to flyweight. You looked great in this fight, and you're still hanging it up. And yeah, it just sound like in her post-fight, she has other aspirations outside of fighting. You know, her and Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I and mean, she only fought um, had twice, a kid and they want to have another one.
1: Yeah, she only had a. Uh... Two fights since so she had the baby, too. Because there was the other one she lost to Mackenzie Dern back about a year and a half ago. So, and uh, yeah, if you're going to have kids, man. Apparently, you have them, at the, you know, roughly at the same time, same general time. Apparently, there's an advantage to that, too. Something about lifestyle and parenting. But, hell, man, her uh, her wife making a lot of money. And I was thinking about this. As long as 145 pounds exists, you put Amanda Nunes on a card, she's getting a pay-per-view points. They got to get that title off of her, Mike. They can't put her in fights against anybody, even if she loses 135. She's going to get pay-per-view points forever.
0: <laughs> I mean, do you get pay-per-view points if you're a fight? Like, if she wasn't the 135 champ, like, uh, and she fights at 135, but
1: she's the 145 champ, she can't still be getting pay-per-view points. I don't know. Maybe it has to be a title fight. I mean, how it depends that's her manager that. is. If I'm her and if I ever lose 135, she'll say, I will be exclusively fighting at 145 pounds. i well, defend this championship. There you go. Um, and, uh, anything else we saw? Fucking shout out to Tyson Nam though. We talked about it for a moment there, Mark, but I think I talked about him last week. Where like, Tyson Nam is always going to be remembered as the guy who knocked out the Bellator champion just on some Mm -hmm. random show in Brazil. But yeah, hell of a win for him over Ode Osborne. Fucking, uh, Josh Quinlan killed Jason Witt. Just killed him. Um, Awesome, awesome knockouts, right? Oh, these young guys are coming, man. These young guys are coming. I know, like, you know, Jason, what's his name? Dave, you know, David Onama lost, right? But, like, we got a lot of skilled guys, Mark. He's coming up right now. Mm-hmm. Like The, yeah, the next generation, generation, for sure. It's, you know, the talent level in this sport. And then we got the uh, president of the UFC doing these stupid G, the GQ autocomplete interviews or whatever. You guys see this article where Dana went on there and, like, no. did one of those, he said, like, Oh, the fighters are never going to make uh, more money as long as I'm there, and I'm like, okay, I did see that quote. He said, even that? if you, even if you feel this way, why, why are you? Vo- this is an interview with GQ, not the fucking Wall Street Journal. They aren't going to hold your feet to the fire. It's a video one too. It's like they type like questions and you answer them. It's like I think it's like actually me. It's called where they go on different social media and answer questions. And, like, Dana could have just said, I'm not answering that one. Just skip it. Like, he's like, "Nah, Like, it's not. Dana got to remember sometimes, man. It's not 2003 anymore or 2006 anymore. Like, he's half running a fucking, like, five, six billion dollar company here, man. I don't know. It's not his responsibility. We talk about this, Marcus, because I sent it to you, right? And I was like, Mm -hmm. my takeaway wasn't, oh, fuck the UFC. They should give these guys more money. I was like, the fighters should all see this. And, ask, and demand more money like there should be some organizational level because baby this is capitalism they don't got to pay you more money than why, why would i mean they're just giving you more money for no reason it's not a charity
2: like i mean it seems mm-hmm. like maybe more now than before that there's talks about union and more fighters are talking about the you know how much they want to get paid more but like this isn't a new con we we've been doing this show for what 10 years and for eight years we've talked nothing about but like they need to get a union these guys need to be getting more you know piece of the pie but like and it hasn't changed so i don't think dana is even like oh no like i can't say this or that because it might it has not like, come I'm back fucking dare ATS. you he's like yeah this lawsuit already happened he's like i fucking dare you do the something lawsuit about it, man. happened many times they people have come out on stage and been like we're starting a fighters union it's happening and it hasn't happened so and i think at this point too he's banked enough money where it's like look if this whole ship comes crashing down because there's a union and the you know company can't be as profitable and yada yada yada, he's like, well, I'm
1: made. The so they like, also, you know, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing: like, I think I mentioned, I, I realized it when now why people said it. Well, like a lot of like Luke Thomas was saying, like, if they don't get a guaranteed amount of this ESPN contract when that happens, mm-hmm. it's gonna be very hard. And, and not- he was right because it they don't need to keep anybody. I mean, not anybody. Like, they, they don't need to go out of their way. Like we're gonna let's talk about it now. Shane Burgos, right? Shane Burgos um, mm-hmm. went to the PFL. They offered him far more money. He said, and you gotta think about it from the UFC's point of view, right, Mike? Where there's like Shane's a good fighter. He's entertaining. Does it really matter if I pay Shane Burgos eighty and eighty a card, or I pay, or I find some other kickboxer, I can pay thirty and thirty two? Is anybody how close is Shane Burgos to selling me a pay per view? You know. How close is you know? Shane
0: Burgos is not at all any closer to selling you a pay-per-view. Shane Burgos
1: gets me excited because I'm a fucking psychopath, like, and you know gets others excited. He's a
0: good fighter. He's a good fighter. I like Shane Burgos. You like Shane Burgos. But Shane Burgos, let's call a spade a spade. He's just another fighter to put on an ESPN Plus card.
1: With, With the ESPN platform, those three letters. Are the star? It's all they need. Those three letters, UFC, and that's it. They achieved it. So, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. I just, I mean, if look, if we don't hear him say anything about anything, it disappears from some press conferences for the next, you know, couple weeks. Again, um maybe they'll even have told them to back off. By the way, Dana White not even doesn't even show up for his own TV show sometimes. I do not this man is at half retirement. <laughs> shout, Dana,
0: Dana White shout
1: out to Dana White Man. He 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 nah, won the man, game. Yeah, it's like he a, figured it out. He man was a fucking Tai instructor in a bellhop in Boston. And now it's he's like, got it's like, it's half like, a it's like the
0: John Madden, it's like the John Madden video game. Yeah. Like John Madden wasn't even commentating on like the last ten years of the John Madden football team.
1: Come on. I got a lot of negative things to say about the way the UFC handles a lot of business, but let me tell you, in terms of achievement for a guy, props to him, man. He found a way <laughs> to make it through <laughs> this life. A lot of money. Um, all right, uh, a little bit of news. We talked about it right there. Shane Burgos, PFL. I like Shane Burgos in the PFL, Marcus. I like Shane. I like watching Shane Burgos in general. I like interesting fighters heading over to that promotion. I think they do some cool stuff with their tournaments. Um, I think their stats, they write on the screen, mean nothing, like at all. Mm-hmm. This Smart Cage means nothing. But I'd like them spending some money, man. And it's not always on a washed-up guy necessarily from the UFC. Just someone well, who could do something. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's the inverse of what we talk about. UFC does not need Shane Burgos. PFL, Bellator, those companies could really utilize the Shane Burgos. He has a name. He's still, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily in his prime still, but, like, he's still a good active fighter. And for Shane, it's like, look, I can go to this organization. I'm going to be probably treated with a little, maybe a little bit more respect and they and especially the pfl has a very active schedule like if you're a fighter that wants to have a lot of fights and you don't want to do this whole like okay i got to negotiate am i going to be fighting a really tough guy at a low pay it's it's very clear cut like we're running a tournament here these are the guys in the tournament you're going to be fighting a bunch of them we're going to you know accumulate points on how the fights go and you know in an active year i think isn't it, it like four fights in a year, Bob, to finish out the the season or whatever? Well,
0: yeah, he
1: said this is a two-season contract he signed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said they're also, and he's also said they'd give him some commentary opportunities, which is like he's looking ahead to his career at D.O., but it's over. He said he smart. wants to do that, too. UFC's got 50 guys trying to do that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's 145. I'm sure Shane thinks he can fight at 155, too. Everybody who fights at 145, 155 seems like they can do both because he's saying mm-hmm. that he thinks it's an opportunity for him to— you know, he says it's a two fight contract. He says I can win two. I can win two lightweight turn- or two featherweight tournaments, become a multi millionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not saying I, I, I will. He just I like, could. So yeah. I think that's the appeal. And like, he says it. there's no gray area. There's a season and there's mm-hmm. playoffs.
2: Yeah, and I think that's appealing to a lot of these guys. They're like they're like, look, at I'm kind of hitting my prime. I'm hitting my stride. I just got. I'm gonna bust my ass these next two years. It's a very with the UFC. It's like you can bust your ass for four years, have a great you know streak where you've won a lot of fights and just because of politics and the ratings and you know where guys are you might not really get that title shot but like this is a more kind of guaranteed thing so i think it's it's very interesting for a lot of fighters i, I feel like they can especially someone coming off of the ufc it's kind of a way to revitalize your career and at the same time too like let, let's best case scenario he kills it in the in the pfl he wins two tournaments And then this whole conversation isn't like, oh, Shane Burgos can't can only win fights in New York. It's like we kind of we didn't realize this guy's a fucking killer. You know, Mm -hmm. when you go into these small organizations and really clean house, you kind of change the narrative. You build an aura for yourself where it's like, oh, this guy either got better or is always good and got some bad decisions. I mean, usually with Shane, it's the other way around. But like, you know, after this two years, if he's done really well, has a season under his belt he could jump back into the UFC at a very high ranking and yep. maybe do you know like a, um, a Chandler. You know, it's like one big fight and then you have a title shot. You know, and so he, he know, literally,
1: Mike, this guy, five of his last seven wins. Hey, in his uh, ten, in his last ten fights, has got uh, five fight of the night bonuses. Oh sorry, four fight of the night bonuses. Fifteen and three overall. Literally sounds like the guy you'd want to keep around. It's they don't need it's him.
0: Weird. It's weird. You would think they just let that guy go because you would think, with that type of resume, that means he's been giving you pretty exciting fights throughout his career. How how can you not advertise that guy? as like this is a guy giving giving oh, you they exciting fights. They
1: said watch Burgos and Jordan, you'll have a good time. We did, and they're like, oh you 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 want more money? Go home. We'll find some other kickboxer. You know, it's fine. Um, picking up the pace a little bit, and I want to show uh, PFL. By the way, back this week again with another round of their playoffs. Um, Kayla Harrison gonna do some work. Uh, the odds on Kayla Harrison's fight don't exist, do they? Do they? Let's see, Kayla Harrison, Kayla Harrison, minus five thousand, <laughs> <laughs> minus goddamn five thousand. Mike, I'm gonna go ahead and bet Kayla getting a finish at probably is, minus three thousand. <laughs> is she
0: fighting? Is she fighting a literal heavy bag? Like. How do you get odds
1: like that? She's killing people, Mike. It's not close. <laughs> Does her opponent literally have no arms? I don't know. a poor girl won a tournament. I think to fight her or is in the finals of a tournament. Um, talking about PFL, we want to talk about a couple guys who retired this week. First, you um, Rory McDonald retired. I was gonna come on this podcast and talking about how because Rory Law took a took a fight. His opponent uh, had visa issues. He fought somebody else on two days' notice and lost in three minutes. Got finished. And I was going to say, man, Rory got a call today. Rory's a smart fighter. Rory said, I got a call today. That's it. Um, the man who was Marcus, he was pretty much deemed the heir apparent to GSP. Didn't become heavyweight. Didn't become a champion in the UFC, but can't say he didn't have a successful career. I think believe he was champion in Bellator. Definitely champion in Bellator, actually. Um mm-hmm. Don't know if he won a title in PFL, to be honest. Don't really know if there are a lot of reigning titles in PFL, to be honest, also. Um, No, he does not. Bellator champion, though. I want to say, man gave us maybe the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Definitely the greatest one I ever saw in person. When he he fought Robbie Lawler, where I thought I was watching two people. People say it a lot. Willing to die out there. Those two looked like they were ready to die that night, Mark. And he was a part of it, and it forever altered his career. And a happy retirement to Roy McDonald. What do you think?
2: Sure. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I agree with you. He had a, you know, it was a lot of pressure, you know, and he rose to the occasion multiple times. But, you know, ultimately, when it came, push came to shove, and he really had to, you know, get those big wins, it started to fall apart a little bit. And at this point in his career, you know, he's fighting guys that not necessarily aren't of that upper echelon, but we just don't know them as well. You well, know, you can't go just... back
1: to back losses to no Wikipedia page. That's a rough look Yeah, at the end there too. <laughs> yeah, it is,
2: Um, you know, and even in Bellator, you know, he did get the belt, but it wasn't smooth sailing there either. You know, there was a lot of losses in there as well. So it was just time to hang it up. And, you know, I think he did the admirable thing and, you know, he had a couple of tough losses and it's like, you know what, especially this last one, you know, a big finish in the first round. It's kind of like, you know, I think it, it's time to hang it up and, and look, the next step you know whatever that may be for him
1: yeah and um maybe mark and i shouldn't go to your fights because the other time we saw him fight gay guard mousasi beat his ass like he owed him money that was the one where he were gay where uh rory decided he was gonna fight at middleweight and it did not yeah. go well he immediately we're like not big enough rory not big enough yeah mike the other retirement i want your comments on um uriah hall uriah hall said he was done the man who gave us mike the only time you did anything of note in this picks competition in the ten-year existence of this podcast, <laughs> all right? <laughs> that's, that's
0: that's a little extreme.
1: Okay. Right? While well, you think of the I other am, ones, I am, I am a
0: perennial second-place finisher. Okay. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I guess this was uh, twice, nope, that was good.
0: Twice, twice missing out on the championship by one game. Well, well, this one was win.
1: yeah, historic. That was, what I was gonna say. Well, you got this one worked out for you. Um. Uriah Hall Mike fame uh, longtime listeners of the podcast. Mike was the only one who picked him to beat Gegard Musasi. And right. I don't know if we I don't know, I don't I don't think we mocked you, but you did say it was like you made the flick with your plums, and we're like, alright. And then after he won with a fucking spinning heel kick that gigard like ducked into, I just remember Mike and Stefan, I'm mean, Mark Stefan and I being in the same room and all of a sudden we get a text message. <laughs> plums!
0: Plums. I'm pretty sure I also followed that up. With a
1: video, me just yelling, Plug. Yeah, you did that too. That is accurate. But I mean, the man, Uriah Hall, man, a lot of expectations were put on his shoulders. It's, you feel bad if he ever goes down as a guy who got the greatest knockout in Ultimate Fighter history, but it was a pretty fucking cool knockout.
0: <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not the worst thing. I'm pretty sure he wishes he could have become champ. Um, knockout of adam Sella. only reason i still remember that name to this day because he never did anything in the ufc except look like we saw a literal death on camera mm-hmm. um damn shame with oriah hall um there's not i don't think there's many people that are in the tough house and people are already saying this guy could be a championship contender right now like how big of a world, be? Chael you know, you know,
1: Chael t- told him. I remember. It wasn't even that knockout. He knocked some. I think he knocked out um, that Bubba guy. Remember Bubba, the guy. I don't Bubba, know. I think his name not think Bubba it was
0: Watson. Bubba, no, Bubba, Franks or some shit.
1: Some Bubba, something or another. It was yeah. a team. It was um, Greg Jackson's guy. And I remember he knocked him out from bottom. Like he just fucking punched up and knocked the dude out, right? And I remember Chael just standing next to him while the uh, the medics are checking on Bubba, and he just goes, "You're right. I've been in this division for." 10 years, you're a contender. He's talking about middleweight. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he had a very good UFC career. There was a moment there, and I think maybe it was mostly me pumping this guy up as he's almost getting a title shot. But before his last two losses to Strickland and Muniz, he'd won four straight. um, Three of those finishes. So I'd say a successful career.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think very successful. Um, Side note, I was once watching uh, some fights. Uh, that were happening at Madison Square Garden, um, at a bar near Madison Square, and a few UFC fighters that were local to the area went into the bar because that's where the, uh, the like fight pass, uh, like post show thing was happening, and uh, you know, Ry Hall was in there. He was doing work. That's all I'll say.
1: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. That's right. Same way we, same way we've seen Raquel Pennington and uh, Jake Shields do work, right? Um, right. Salute. Salute! (laughs) Um, All right. I think that was all the news I wanted to hit, guys. Do you remember anything else I mentioned? That was a lot. This is a long podcast already. Let's make some picks. Um, UFC 278. uh, Coming from... They don't call it the Delta Center anymore, do they? Where the Jazz play? Vivend Arena. Yeah. Vivend Arena. Um, Where the welterweight champion of the world and the man ranked number one on most people's pound-for-pound... Kamara Usman is going to rematch Leon Edwards, uh, defend that title. Leon Edwards, a man who I don't think has lost a fight in nine fights, I want to say. Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. I believe his last fight, his last loss is to Kamaru Usman, wasn't it? It was. Uh, took the man almost seven years to get back here, to get this guy again. Nine wins, one no contest in that time. Didn't think they were ever gonna give him this title shot. Betting odds for this one. Oh, by the way, Usman's coming off of beating up. Was it Colby again? He didn't find anybody uh, to beat up for, Colby. Uh, no, nope, he okay, beat Colby. Okay, that was see. his last one. Yeah. Um. Betting odds for this one on uh, DraftKings minus three fifty for Usman to plus two ninety for Leon Edwards minus four hundred to uh, uh Usman to plus two eighty five on FanDuel. Quite frankly, not sure why we're a fan duel or a DraftKings podcast. Some of us are using something else. Um, I'm supposed to pick here. I'm picking the guy who beat him the first time. I It's hard to pick against Kamara Usman in any fights these days, guys. He's fucking good. We got him out. Uh, people out here are saying, like, some people UFC saying he's already the greatest welterweight ever. I think it's hard to say that's anybody but George St. Pierre. But a uh, man's winning. The man's got one loss, I think. His whole career, mm-hmm. I think? Yeah. Early fight? It was fight. like the
2: second fight, yeah.
1: Yeah, one of those. I think I think Leon Edwards is an excellent fighter. I just don't know what he's better at than Kamara Usman. So I got Usman. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure Dana White is saying that he's the best welterweight ever because he's a hating son of a bitch and doesn't want to give George St. Pierre his props. I'm going with Kamaru Usman uh, on on this one leon edwards props for fighting and clawing your way to get back to to another fight with uh with usman but usman has just looked like a world beater um since he's gotten the title and he just looked better ever with every fight marcus
2: yeah uh i'm with you guys too uh I, i do think leon is i think the one area that he might be a little better in is the striking and, and I could see him negating the wrestling and these guys striking, and maybe he gets, you know, some advantages there. Because I do think, you know, when we look back at who Usman has fought, Covington, not really much of a striker. Or Masvidal is a good striker, but I don't even think he's nearly as technical as Leon Edwards is. um So I, I think there's potentially a live dog in here. But it it is – That's a that's big odds. Yeah. yeah who's gonna who's gonna pick against the reigning champion and to dana white's credit there's no money to make by saying
1: the guy that who
2: retired's Dude,
1: the best there was you gotta a, say the guy who's current like mike there, was a, the there was a stretch
2: there was a stretch where pay-per-view. whoever
1: was the ch- whatever champion was defending his belt mike was pound for pound number one i remember it was like five straight pay-per-views where they're like brow fucking um uh whitaker like fucking Weber Lighter jones everybody was the number one power from king it's like what pay-per-view we on is this guy's number one this week they're selling um, stuff they're not gonna yeah. say
2: like oh you the guy who retired 10 years ago he was the best but ah let's bring these old schmoes out for you guys to watch i, guess, but, I mean i guess it doesn't have said, the
0: same it doesn't have the same pizzazz to be like this guy right here second best to ever do it
2: yeah i mean to his credit like gsp incredible run Usman's on his way though like he is held that belt and not lost it. I mean, I think GSP, didn't he lose it to Hughes after he got it? I oh, no, not Or Sarah, there were some bumps in the road, but then he had a bunch of defenses, but I mean, yeah. It, it, how can you pick against Uzman? He's looked fantastic.
1: Yeah. It's, he's the man, um, man. Luke Rockhold's back. Yeah, we have not seen Luke Rockhold fight since Jan Blahovich decided his jaw should be in more pieces. Um, that was back in 2019. Honestly, I thought it was longer. Three years since we've seen uh handsome Luke mm-hmm. Rockhold. Uh, man who we met and was a very nice guy, Mike. Do you remember how nice he was to us? Was he, I was with I, you, right? No, I don't think that was with me. I, don't I think thought I it was, I thought it was with you when well, we saw him in the store and some lady didn't know he was just sitting there like as like a to sign, like his signing had ended. So some lady asked him where to find a sweatshirt. He was like clearly buying no, something for... No, I, w-
0: I would remember if
1: I saw someone as okay. handsome
0: as Luke Rockhold.
1: I mean, was I with you, Mark? Anyway, um... He's back, man. And he's taking on Paulo Costa. Who Paulo Costa... Man, what... Let me put it like this. If it was anybody besides Luke Rockhold, I'd be looking at the underdog here. The odds are, uh, by the way, Costa's a big-ass favorite. Minus 340 to plus 250 on FanDuel. Minus 315 to plus 260 on DraftKings. Um, I just... He's had that thing with the vaccine thing... Um, there was that whole thing where uh, they tried to book him in a fight Um, they tried to book him in a fight with Kennedy here and he's just like yo I had not seen a bout agreement I don't know why you guys are sending, saying this fight's official I need more money he showed up 25 pounds over uh, 185 for fight week against what's his name Vittori remember that mm-hmm. they had to the move to a light heavyweight fight um, he's such a big favorite Luke, Luke has looked so glass let me be clear I hope, Luke kill. I hope Luke kicks his head into the third fucking row okay I think Paula Costa is a kind of a piece of crap especially if you read what happened with him and the nurse with the COVID thing that being said I can't pick Luke Rockwell to win fights right now it's just I can't so I got Paula Costa Mike who do you got <laughs>
0: Oh come on, man! I'm not picking the shell of Lou Groh. He's a pilot all day. He's
1: gonna top off this victory with a nice red Y. Let me tell you, Mike. We re- you and I, we acknowledge a different Boracinha, right? We acknowledge the Boracinha Depot Twitter account.
0: That's, that's right. Re-
1: yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Even though Break-
0: we need a, uh, we need a uh, what's his name to get reelected to some form of public office.
1: Yeah, I know. B.J. Penn lost the primary. A lot of entertainment went away with that. Marcus, who do you got? <laughs> Yeah.
2: I mean, I I really like Luke. I thought, you know, his run to get the belt was great, you know? Um, And then it it did kind of fall apart And, and whether it was a lack of focus or the body just wasn't there, he hasn't looked good in a long time. So it is really hard to think after a three year stint where his last fight, you know, he tried to make, you know, the weight change, which is usually the thralls of someone's career. That's not going well, right? They're like, okay, I need to make a big career change. I need to go down a weight class or up a weight class. And, you know, against Jan, he looked so much smaller he was completely ineffective his kicks didn't nearly have the same pop you know he, he's back down to i think what is is his natural weight the weight that you know the class that he should perform his best at but it's just hard to think that he's going to perform better than he has before and i did just watch just the countdown for this fight i didn't see him doing a lot of pad work you know like i saw costa is slamming those pads Dude's breaking a sweat. Did did he look like
1: he's making 185 or are we going to be fighting at 205 again, Mark? That's my question. That's a huge,
2: you know, if he cannot make the weight and he has to go up to 205, I think he's going to have a lot of problems there. But in this particular fight, regardless of what weight class they end up, I just think Costa is at a better place in his career than Luke is. I think Luke has had a lot of ups and downs. I think now he's probably more motivated. I just don't know if the body's ready for the the harshness, especially with Costa – Can fight really tough, you know. He Mm -hmm. can really get you in the blender there, so it'll be interesting. You know, like you said, like I like Luke. I think he's a good guy. Um, I'd love to see him get a win here and kind of revitalize his career, but I think it's a big ask.
1: Marcin Tybor, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna do that one last. Actually, this is on purpose. Marcin Tybora, Alexander Romanov, uh, Marcin Tybor Tybora had a hell of a streak going, guys. He had five straight going before he ran into uh, Alexander Volkov. No shame in a loss like that. But along the way, to that on that five-fight win streak, he knocked out Greg Hardy. So shout out right there. Um, knocked out Walt Harris. Alexander Romanov. This gentleman's a problem, guys. This man is a serious problem. He is here to beat your ass and finish the fight. He's got 15 finishes in his 16 wins. He ain't got no losses. Alright. Mike and I will be hammering the uh, Romanoff by finish betting line hard. Like yeah. real hard. <laughs> okay. Um, the overall betting line though is he's a huge favorite. Minus four thirty five to plus three fifty on DraftKings, minus five hundred to plus three forty on FanDuel. I'm Mike, telling
0: you right now. Telling you right now because I'll be attending a wedding on Saturday. That means love will be in the air. That means there'll be some magic feelings and some magic energy that night. Hundred, hundy,
1: four units for
0: Romanoff. Oh, I've adjusted. Finish.
1: Yeah, Mike. Just Mike's unit measurement is twenty-five. I've I've adjusted mine now. My unit is going to be twenty. That's easier for my <laughs> math. Okay, okay. When I'm talking units, I'm talking you know, twenty bucks.
0: You, you know what? You know what? So that way, our 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 language can be the same. I'll adjust mine as well.
1: Five units. Five units. Five We're going five things. units. Um, yeah, I got to pick the guy who's a huge favorite, Mark. I got no choice here. He's 31 years old. Gentleman's a fucking problem. He's 6'2", 260. He's, uh, he's got an Olympic freestyle wrestling, wrestling background, apparently. He's real big. I, I got uh, I got Romanov. King Kong Romanov, as he's referred to. Who do you got, Mark?
2: Yeah, I, I, you kind of have to um, with a guy on on this big of a run, and you know the only criticism I can see is you know the level of competition hasn't been super super high for him yet. I think Marcin's going to be the the most you know talented fighter he's fought yet in the UFC. So it'll be a good measuring stick, but it's hard to pick against him, you know, when he has all this momentum, you know, only got only gone to decision once. And now I'm looking at it. It was because there was an accidental knee yeah. uh, to him. So, like, he has not gone to the decision. He's finished every fight except for one where he got, you know, hit with an illegal strike. So, yeah, hard to pick against him. But this is going to be a big test, you know. And I think if he can get past Marcin, we're going to see him against, you know, this higher level of competition. And we're really going to see, you know, just how far this guy can go. But right now, definitely a prospect.
1: Yeah, you know, no, Mike. Let me see what we're going to do. Well, okay, you got my man with your 5 units. So, I know who you're 5 units, baby. Okay. This is what I'm saying. 3 units on a Romanov just to win. Okay? 1 unit on a first round finish. No, sorry. No, 3 units on a fin- on a him to win by finish. 1 unit on a first round finish. Another unit on a second round finish. And then five units on him just to finish in just general, a, right? Oh, you're saying five. I was saying three. So three, one, and one. You want to go seven units on this fight? That's a lot of units, Mike. <laughs> it's a lot of units. <laughs> a lot of unit talk on this podcast. Big unit show. Um, all right. Thank you. This is the one I wanted to pick last on purpose. And we're not picking – look, I need someone to explain to me what happened that Tyson Pedro is taking on Harry Hunsucker here on the main card. Um or what do we lose or something? Because the UFC's been putting on some pretty good pay-per-view cards, and this one, this fight stands out. Wouldn't you say, Marcus, specifically, that fight? Uh,
2: I mean, I think it's just a banger. I, I don't think there's no— Who's the yeah, other guy? Of these- uh, Harry? I have no idea. He's, Harry, min- he's the other- Tyson's minus 850 to win. <laughs> I mean, Harry, I, mean, I had to look him up on ShareDog. He's had three, two official fights in the UFC, but he was fighting at heavyweight before, so he's moving down. He lost those two fights, and he lost the fight on Dana oh, White's contender second. series. Uh, uh,
0: sorry to interrupt.
1: So we're mm-hmm. not thinking Jose Aldo. No, no, Moral. I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming no, back to that in a second. I was just saying this is the other exactly. main card and what's fight. This fight? And I think Why this is this fight there? Is just
2: like, it's going to be, it's fireworks. It, it, these are two big boys that are going to slam fists and you know set set the pace for the rest of the card. This is what I assume is the thought process here? Because on paper, yeah, there's no real relevancy in light heavyweight just
1: yet. Yeah, we also lost uh, Pedro for three years in the middle there with some torn knees and stuff. So he's only had one fight back. I like watching Pedro fight. That should be fun. All right, Jose Aldo. Marav de, uh, Deval- Devalishvili. I'm going to get it right eventually. Uh, my man trains out of the Cerro Longa fight team, by the way, in Long Island, New York. 14-4. He's on a seven-fight win streak. Six of those decisions. Last one, though, was when he knocked out Marlo- uh, what was left of Marlon Maraiso. Because I think Marlon retired, so I'm saying it like that for a reason. Marlon Marais, um back uh, last September. Um, yeah, it was when Marlon retired. Jose Aldo, man. Jose Aldo don't age. Jose Aldo looked, has been this good, at least, I want to say for five years. Before that, he was better, but this quality of Jose Aldo, we're at about five-year mark, I think. Um, three straight wins. Marlon Vera, Pedro Munoz, Rob Bont. Just three guys in the top ten. You know what I mean? Just three top 10 wins. Um, we all kind of mocked it when he got a title shot off of that loss to Marlon Moraes. The split loss. You know, when Dana White's like, I thought he won. So apparently that was enough to get a title shot. We sit here. I'm going to say right now, he wins this fight. Marlon Vera's not going to jump him. I don't think there's a chance of that. So I think if Jose Aldo wins, he's getting a title shot. I This is a very close fight, though. Minus 125 for De- Devochevili on FanDuel to minus 102 for Jose Aldo. Minus 125 to one, plus 105 on at DraftKings. I'm taking the King of Rio. Mike, here's your opportunity if you want. I got Jose Aldo. I feel it in my bones that Jose about to get a title shot, baby. It's coming. I
0: I feel... That this is a good opportunity for me to go the
1: opposite way. Yeah, uh, you kind of have to. I, 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 I set it up for you, buddy. Um But it's did. a close Thank fight, honestly. So. I truly believe this is a pickup. because Marab is a really good fighter, but it's hard to impose whatever your game is on Jose Aldo. He's going to be there. You know, he will be there when it's over. Um, so yeah, I got, I got Jose. You got Marab, Mike. Correct. Marcus, what do you got, brother?
2: yeah i have jose too um i i think this potentially could be a competitive fight but and again like i you know if i watched more of uh um, marab's fights recently and i kind of had a better understanding i mean because what i'm looking at just going off the record this guy gets a lot of decisions and jose historically doesn't lose a ton mm-hmm. of decisions he's only <laughs> lost two and one was that split against marlin and that's you know controversial and then he lost to Alexander, who at the time we didn't know Alexander Volk- Volkanovsky all that well, but now we know like, oh, this guy's potentially one of the best fighters of all time, you know, with what he's done and what he potentially can do. So it's hard to think I mean, that this Marcus. Mm-hmm.
1: Let me put it for you like this: this is the mm-hmm. this is what this is what you were looking for. This is the number of takedowns um, Marab has landed in his mm-hmm. last few fights. The Marlin fight he won in the second round four takedowns. Mm-hmm. Cody Staman five takedowns. John Dodson. Two takedowns. Gustavo Lopez, 13 fucking takedowns. Casey Kenny, 12 fucking takedowns. This is how he wins. He's gonna yeah. have to do that. <laughs> and
2: and you know, to that degree, you know, when I look at what who Jose has fought, there are not a lot of guys that have a strong or really implement wrestling as like the foundation. So like maybe that causes some problems now that he's a little bit older. Maybe that's going to wear on him a bit more, but just looking at just the numbers, the records how they win and how they lose fights. I'm kind of going with Jose. Um, It'd be a big win for uh, Marab, but I I just don't really see it happening, but it it could be very competitive.
1: Oh, you muted, Bob. You're muted, Bob. You can have a lot of fun on the Fight Metric website. He's got, uh, Mm -hmm. Marab's got a 60% strike defense. um, Striking defense which, uh, the best ever, to give you a point of reference, George St. Pierre 73.1. I, you know, that would probably help give you some context there. And, uh, we're going to have to see, he's going to have to get Jose, he's going to have to get Jose down. Simple as that. He's going to have to get him down. Um, that is probably beside, I mean, I'm looking forward to the, uh, main event just cause I, you know, you like watching the champ and do his thing and stuff. Also, is this only one title fight also, now that I think about it? Or did I miss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Oh, look, I'm not going to accuse them of trying to hurt Kamara Usman's paycheck. But there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with this card. Just putting that out there. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Um, Yeah, but I think this Jose fight with Mirab is going to be the most interesting, though, besides the main event. Those two are the ones I'm looking at the most. Um, Quick question, Mike. Who do you think has got the most takedowns in UFC history? Landed. John Fitch. GSP. Huh. John Fitch, not top 10. What? GSP, G, GSP's got 90 takedowns, followed by uh, T-Bow at 84, followed by Demetrius at 74, then Frankie, Guida, Lenz, Maya. Col- Colby's up there quick. Kobe got up. Kobe, I mean, he have been there for a little bit, but Max Holloway has landed 700 more strikes than any other fighter in the UFC. 700, <laughs> 700 more goddamn strikes. Um... Okay, uh, I think that's all we're picking, right? Uh, this card is pretty weak after that. I I would say from the undercard, the only thing I'd really definitely look at would be um big Miranda Maverick fan. She's a really good fighter. I would check out her to see what she does. Um, you know, been on a bit of a run here, more or less. Um, Leandro Santos. Yeah, this is real. I don't know what they're doing. This is really thin undercard. There's plenty of direct flights out of Utah. It's a Delta hub, right, Mike? What are they doing?
0: Uh, the airport in Utah, it is marvelous now in Salt Lake City. It is much expanded. Um, I don't know. It is a Delta on. hub,
1: though. Just saying. They could have Delta of flights. I, I, I don't know what that means. Uh, that means it's one of the places where they have a lot of flights for an airline. Like Southwest, huh. one of its hubs is Dallas. But Okay. Um, I think we do stuff we like. I think that was it, right, boys? um mm-hmm. i'll go mine's gonna be kind of quick because mark talked about it last week um pray did you mike did you talk about it last week
0: too with mark had you seen it i did not talk about it last week i actually spoke to you about it yesterday and mentioned that i had watched it
1: yeah well i, uh, you I fell asleep it last
0: week. week i think you said you started it but fell asleep yeah that is correct
1: uh every part of what you said about the uh movie i felt was really accurate marcus I thought I really liked the relationship with the brother and sister. I still think it's rare to see the brother sister relationship in movie form. I, now that I'm like thinking I'm like mm-hmm. you know I really think if they have a man and a woman as your as the top of your bill, they're like we might as well have them date and you know half ass a love story out of this most sure. of the time. I liked the few callbacks to the Predator, the first Predator movie. Uh, the line was a little cheesy, but I didn't feel that forced to be honest, Mark. I kind of just like. You knew it was a reference, but it didn't feel that out of place. The, um, no, it, it would bleeding. seem like
2: something Better, that you know, a hunter would potentially say about a very dangerous predator.
0: Better they said that line than, you're a bunch of slack-jawed F-words. Uh, this stuff will make you a sexual tyrannosaur.
1: Like yeah. me. And this is, uh, I'm pretty much just bringing this up again, and Mike will co-sign this, and I think Mark has definitely seen this before too. Go ahead and Google, go ahead and put into YouTube. Amazing Predator rap, and you're looking for the one that's 11 years old that's only 118,000 views, which makes me right, think, so. Mike, that you and me might have been you know this thing around 10,000 views. <laughs> it
0: was that old. Such a shame. This thing should be at at least 180 million views.
1: Yeah, it's uh, basically this British dude uh, does a rap about that's essentially the entire plot of Predator in about you eight know, minutes.
2: If, if you want to watch Predator,
1: but yeah, only have 10 minutes, like yeah, this will, scratch this will do that itch. it.
2: Yeah, um, and, and it's humorous and fun. So
1: yeah, I love it. Um, what I, needed, I, I really like, prey though. I what thought what I prey needed was. needed to say though
0: was, you know, I actually did not forget it. You're saying, yeah,
1: I really liked it. I thought they did a great job. I do think it is my favorite Predator movie since Predator. I think, sure. or I think would be fair. I also don't remember like the Danny Glover one at all. In mm-hmm. fairness, I, I think I saw Predators with you, Predators plural, which was the one with. Um, Oleg Taktarov, you I mean think. Mike, right? I don't. I think I saw that at home. I don't think we saw it in the theater. I thought right? I saw it with you, and you turned to me and said, "It's Oleg," and started laughing.
2: Oh, honestly, I honestly, might have been, Maybe it was theater, with so Stefan. I'm it could laughing. have been with Stefan.
1: I don't know, but I, I don't think I saw the one after that.
2: Yeah, I didn't see that one either.
1: And I, assuming it didn't go well, if they changed the entire thing and we're going back in time, so yeah. And um, yeah, Alien vs. Predator and stuff. I saw the both of those. Second one was better than the first one. Um, but yeah, this is the best Predator movie, I think, since the original. And I, we, I mean, Mark and I talked about it last week for sure about like how highly we hold Predator in our, you know, pantheon of eighties movies, especially Mm -hmm. if I was going to tell you my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies, the Holy Trinity is Commando, Terminator two and Predator. Those are my three. Okay. I like plenty of other ones too, but those three are the best for me personally. Total recall is pretty legit. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, it made me want to watch Predator, which is on Hulu. So I might do that. or I'll just watch the rap. No problem. And then I do like, as usual, this is just a reminder that you should get the Power wash simulator because Mike a skeptic and I played for like two and a half hours last night and maybe said a collective fourteen words to each other. There were times where I would say something and Sounds Mike wouldn't respond, it. and I was just like, that's yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Let me go back to what Most of the conversation would be one of us saying, oh, this fucking fence. Like, you know, something like that.
0: <laughs> really I fun I said, game.
1: I know I said on many an
0: occasion how much I hate ra- uh, railings now.
1: Yeah, there we go. That was it. That's all I got this week. Uh, Mark, what do you got this week? Uh, yeah, I got a handful
2: of things. I'm probably leaving out some stuff, but uh, a new show that kind of crept up out of nowhere. I do remember hearing about it. Uh, but didn't know when it was coming out, and it was just like, oh, it's out this week. Uh, they made a series of uh, League of Their Own, which I don't know why as a kid I saw that movie as often as I did, but it was like one of those movies, I don't know if we had the VHS, but like, I've watched it tons of times, and I always really enjoyed that movie. Um, I'm only two episodes in, I think it's eight episodes long, it's on Amazon Prime, and I've really liked it. I don't remember hardly any of the actresses names, but one of the gals from Broad City is the main uh, actress. And then um, the other one, I don't know. She was on The Good Place. I don't know if either of you guys saw The Good Place. I think she was like kind of the redheaded. You know the redheaded assistant? She's kind Uh, of tall. Janet? I think. Yeah, she's from here.
1: Yeah, I was like, going to say she's from Danville. She's from straight up Danville. She's from Danville. Darcy from Goodwill. Um, Good place, yeah. She's
2: in it. There's a lot of other um, gals. Um, and then Darcy. Nick Offerman is the the coach. Uh, again, I'm only two episodes in, so they're, still, they're kind of just laying down the groundwork here. But I've really enjoyed it. I, I really can recommend it. Um, I don't know if I talked about this a couple weeks ago or last week. Uh, what is this on, Marcus? It's on Prime. Oh, uh, there yeah, is also so another oh, it's show Ab- on it's Prom. abby
1: jackie okay abby jacobson yeah that one from, yes, there. Yeah, that's and, her
2: name, uh, from broad city yeah uh there is another show on Prime. i haven't started watching it but i'm interested and probably will sometime this week it's called uh paper girls this is actually off of a uh comic series that i actually have was buying the single issues for um that is basically it's like a, a timepiece in the 80s with these girls that are you know basically delivering papers in the morning and there's a whole like time travel aspect to it it was one of these comics that i really enjoyed but just i was reading a bunch of stuff kind of fell off so part of me is just interested in watching it and part of me wants it to get really popular and then maybe that issue one will become very valuable but probably not um outside of that uh you guys will have to remind me did i talk about nosebleeds before this is yeah. the show okay yeah with the brothers
0: with the Scar Brothers, remind basically. me, remind me what that show is about. So it's
2: a UFC Fight Pass original, which I don't think I'd ever recommend any of those shows, really. Um, but it's basically the Scar Brothers. Back in the late '90s, early 2000s, they had a show on ESPN Classic called Cheap Seats, where they would essentially watch old weightlifting competitions or spelling bees and just kind of do like a mystery science theater 3000. It's where the twins. Kind of
1: just- it's also the twins from Entourage, Mike. You remember them? The twin agents, the one where... Yes. Yeah, they those are, two. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about now? Okay, here we go. Yeah.
2: yeah, but as a fan, I was a huge fan of Cheap Seats. It was honestly one of my favorite shows. It was definitely one of those shows that I got all the episodes through, you know, internet, you know, means and would watch it. Like, probably watched the whole series multiple times. There would be a show I'd fall asleep to. So when I finally heard, like... And what I always feel bad is I kind of kept a finger on their pulse And it never seemed like they really got much else going besides, you know, bit parts here and there. Their YouTube channel just doesn't get the kind of traction I would kind of hope for. So this is kind of like a revitalization of cheap seats, but it's just based all about, you know, basically UFC, which is kind of disappointing. I think I might have talked about like I kind of wish they'd talk about all the weird, obscure other promotions that Fight Pass has because there's lots of weird stuff. And basically the first episode is free on YouTube. They're talking about UFC 1. And what's kind of, like, anticlimactic is, like, they do a good job just poking fun at all, like, the, the announcer burping, the announcer not being able to say anyone's name right, a lot of the weird, obscure stuff that really makes that show so fun. And there's so much material in that first event because there's so many weird characters, Ken Shamrock's in there, and they kind of talk about, like, the first two fights, they talk about Hoys's fight, and then the first fight. And then they just cut. They do a kind of a bit about like the guy's boxing glove, which eh, I didn't think it was all that great. And then it just cuts. And then the, the event hoist wins. And I was just like, oh, there was so much gold there. I wish they would have like panned out. Um, for me, it's tempting. I kind of want to get fight pass just to watch it. But it's definitely something like when the season's over maybe I'll get a free trial and binge it for a week or something. I can't really, I don't want to get myself into paying for fight pass, you know, for a couple months. Cause I forget. We don't want to get the UFC money.
0: <laughs> also, I mean, that's that too.
2: But like, <laughs> I do. I, I think this is a fantastic idea. Yeah. And if it was on any other like platform, I would just, or, you know, I might even see if like YouTube has, or I can buy it. Oh, uh, you know, that's, I might have to talk about one more thing. So Nosebleeds, uh, there's a game coming out called Rollerdrome. This is a PlayStation indie exclusive. It's actually done by Roll7, who did a game that came out earlier this year that I was a really big fan of, Oli Ollie World. It's kind of like this weird pseudo-70s death sport where basically you're playing this woman that's like basically running around in roller skates and killing all these people. And like this weird kind of death sport thing. It has a really cool graphic style. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to mention this show because I just found out about it. And this was one of those ones where I was like, okay, is it streaming anywhere? Okay, it's not. Can I buy it on Google Play? Can I just pay for the thing and pay 25 bucks for a season? And I could. So I was like, yeah. Uh, One of my favorite comedians is John Gabris. He kind of does a bunch of random stuff. He's in LA. He does a lot of improv. Him and Adam Pauly, who probably most famously is on um, Happy Endings, are doing a travel show on True TV. It's called 101 Places
1: to Party Before You Die.
2: I just love those guys. So I was like, I will pay money to watch this show, especially since it's not on anything else.
1: That's um, a whole I'm, series for them, man, that 101-whatever-before-you-die. They had, like, how many, like, whatever burger places to eat or this places to do before yeah, you I die.
2: I When I was... We've me and Christine have watched like two or three episodes. And I think when they're in Miami, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to meet this guy who we met on this other show. And I was like, oh, they've done more. I might have to buy those two. I just like these guys. I, I really like Gabrus. He's just a comedian that I felt is extremely funny, but never found that kind of like, you know, as I call him Hollywood, like the vehicle to really get him going. So I really enjoyed that show um, about three episodes. in, I think it's still ongoing. I think they have eight episodes in the season, uh, but I've been really enjoying it. So that's what I got this week.
1: I'm looking up John Gabber to see if I know who that is. He's oh, a big, I know heavy is. guy. Yeah, but like I know he hasn't
2: been in a lot of stuff. It's been like little bit pieces here and there, but nothing like where you would really be like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy from that. Is he?
1: I'll have to I was wondering if he's the guy from Mom or not, but he looks like him. He may not be. Um, I don't think so. It's a guy named on that show named Baxter, and I wondered if that mm, was him. And I think not I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, all right, I think, Mike, you gotta take yeah, us home buddy. You gotta take yeah. us home.
0: Uh, quick thing for me. Um, honestly, in the vein of me playing a game that honestly it should be super boring and there's really no point to it in the Power Wash game, I saw that there was a game that was on sale for about eight bucks on the Switch Marketplace um, where you're essentially a real estate agent where you buy fixer upper houses and then House you flip Flipper. Her. Yeah, I think flipper. that's the name of the game. Yeah, House Flipper. Yeah. So you've heard of it. Yeah, I think I mentioned it like
2: this that was one of the big games that was in this wake of oh, really? job simulators. Yeah, it's like you buy dirty houses and you spend a lot of time just picking up trash and then cleaning yeah, up and yeah. then flipping it. And then later, like, decorating, like, oh, now I, I'm going to furnish this place and put a couch and put this kind of wall here. Yeah, it's it It also had kind of a following. It is one of those very similar games, Mike, where it's like, here's a dirty place. Isn't it fun to clean it up, even though you never want to do that in real life and virtually? I, I was just checking
1: the developer. I was checking the developer and the publisher. <laughs> was like, the It's not the people. same people, are they? And it's like, no, somebody else. I don't okay. think so. <laughs> that'd be wild. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, that's their gimmick now. So
0: yeah, um, really, well, I don't want to say it's a really fun game, but I'm enjoying it so far.
1: Yo, they got a whole, like, they got House Flipper, Luxury Flipper, Garden Flipper. I'm not sure these are all part of one games. I don't, they, they, those could be expansions, they like, could I think be they're DLCs. knockoffs. Some, too. Yeah, that would make more no, sense. No, these are DLCs, and, and then they that. have the Tenants. They got a real real estate-based portfolio. Sure. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, over there with these with this with these people, Ooh, so, we got
2: a ton of millennials who can't afford a home, so why not just flip one? Virtually? I, that's what
1: when I was telling our uh, CTO of our the company um, about this, um, I told him about it. He said, "Bobby, I told him about power washer. He's like, Bobby, I have a power washer. I don't need this game. I can just go do this. Actually, there's stuff my wife wants me to power wash, and I'm like, you don't understand. None of us have houses. This is the close we're gonna get, bro. This is it. <laughs> this is as close as we're gonna get." um yeah mike anything else buddy you bought this by the way or do you like see it and you're gonna like eight dollars couldn't resist eight bucks man where where the fuck was it? eight dollars on the marketplace
2: that's switch deal stores there's thousands oh switch or steam yeah
1: switch Switch, man oh okay that's why all right because i'm looking at steam i'm like fuckers 25 bucks Although I
0: am, I am seeing the uh, limitations. I saw very quickly what the limitations are on the switch. Mm -hmm. I gotta assume picking up garbage and shit is a lot easier with your mouse.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just wondering if we're gonna keep getting like we're gonna get DLC for power wash, buddy. I want to power wash the Eiffel Tower. You can make this happen for me, bro. We
0: gotta we gotta
1: finish power washing this little shit neighborhood we're in first, man. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh I've looked it up. There's like you you can power wash like a, a train. Like is like there's some stuff going on here, bro. Just saying. Anyway, um we'll be back next week, guys. Uh we're gonna talk and see, we're gonna see if we have a new welterweight champion. If so, the three of us. Did not pick correctly, if that happens. Um, I think we have a break, actually. UFC doesn't have a card next weekend. Which makes me wonder what event are they avoiding by Mm -hmm. not having an event that weekend. Mm -hmm. Because they do have one Labor Day weekend. Which is the Mm -hmm. one in, um, Paris. The Tuivasa gone one. So now, by between now and next week, we're Mike and Mark and I will figure out what is it that we should be talking about is why the UFC is not putting on an event. Um... I'm going to guess. I was going to say uh, Fury is not a fight booked. Anyway. All right. We'll be back next week. I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. Peace. Out.
0: See ya. You know, if you really want something that's anti-fatigue, like why don't you get yourself like a little kitchen
1: sink? so that way you can just sit down while you're at the counter. It's Hurry hard out. for me to... I, I can't really cut anything if I'm seated. I, I have mean, a Mike, stance. I,
2: it just makes me think you never had a, a job with a kitchen. At Starbucks, yeah, yeah I thought
1: i all over the place. Well, Mark gets it. Like, if you stand long enough on a hard surface, it's unpleasant. Excuse
0: me. I'm the one here that's worked as a janitor. Wait, wait, wait. Before. Peace out.